Hi everyone, welcome to Modern Seminarian, where we discuss life, theology, and hot topics in the church. We're good friends who met in seminary four years ago. I'm Priscilla, your host. I'm Kaylin. I'm Rachel. Um, so today we're going to talk about megachurches. Recently, a documentary came out about Hillsong on Discovery+. Plus. It's called Hillsong, A Megachurch Exposed. And also pretty recently, a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill by Christianity Today just wrapped up this last episode. Both the documentary and podcast are about two megachurches that fell into scandals of various kinds. We're not going to go into full detail about the abuses within these churches, but we're going to focus on the underlying systemic issues that are symptomatic of unhealthy patterns in the greater church movements in 21st century Western culture. So let's get right into our first question. Um, what are your experiences with megachurches and what controversies are you guys seeing in the greater church movement? Good question, Priscilla. Good question. <laughs> um, yes. So I grew up in a mega church. Me and my parents started attending there when I was like a year old, basically. And then I went to school through the mega church, um, through their like private Christian school associated with it, and continued attending that mega church throughout high school. And then I briefly moved back to Colorado for a couple of months, like a few years ago, and went there. Then um, that church specifically has been through a lot of phases. It had this very like humble, wise old pastor who was super down to earth, like so deeply not full of himself. It was crazy. And he was just an amazing leader for the church. Um, and then they brought in a younger pastor, actually, who brought a lot of controversy into the church actually and like redid the leadership team for what he wanted I won't go too deep into that because I don't even know the full extent of it but I do know there was like petitions signed and um the evangelical association had to come in and do evaluations and kick him out of the church which um he seems like a solid dude and I don't think he did anything like wrong in his personal life I don't know the full story but that is just a hint of like even greater mega churches um especially evangelical mega churches which I think most of them are evangelical in western culture and how there's this trend of bringing in these hip pastors who are Instagram worthy and TikTok worthy and will bring in all of the views. Um, and the church is focused on branding and marketing versus actually talking about God or forming true, authentic, vulnerable communities. Instead, it's just forming communities that are fake and focused on the gram and getting the perfect lifestyle. Um, and that's what's being preached from the pulpit. Not saying that all mega churches are bad either, but it is an issue um, that seems especially prevalent in med in mega churches. <laughs> wow, yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, I would also <laughs> uh, like to preface this by saying that I think, for all intents and purposes, I grew up in one too. Uh, my 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 church, the church I grew up in, was a two thousand person church, which you know, depending on where you come from, like if you're from Nebraska or something, Hey, that's a mega church. But if you're from California, that's like a semi-decently like large, maybe 
large to extra large church, however you want to slice it. But yeah, we actually experience similar issues. I mean, leading up to the uh, final sort of months before I left uh, due to different circumstances, but um, same thing. Like we had a new pastor come in who was just a little bit more hip, a little bit more Instagram worthy than the previous pastor, a little bit more like interested in marketing the church and um, making it seem a little bit more enticing, I think, to the younger generations. And, you know, obviously there's a lot that can be said about that. And, you know, we want people to come to be saved, to know Christ, to hear the gospel and to, and to be saved. But um, I think obviously when the focus shifts from preaching the gospel to being more marketable, <laughs> that's when you start to have issues. Um, so it's interesting that uh, we, I think a lot of people, especially in Southern California have been touched by mega churches um, in one way or another. We all have our experiences and I have more than just that. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess just sort of a broad overview when I think about mega churches or more specifically like seeker friendly mega churches, I think, uh, I mean, I, I have bullet points of <laughs> sort of issues that um, I see with them that, that, and I hope I, and I want to get this across. I want to get this across to people that I'm not here to just pick on these churches. I'm not here to just be mean and like, yeah, just have a mean spirited approach to this. It's like, I am genuinely concerned about the people that go to these churches and how they're being fed and what they're being fed. And it's depending on the church. And we're going to talk about Hillsong (laughs) in this episode. Uh, And there are other churches that I'm going to be talking about. I'm not going to name names specifically in this podcast, but um, this is a growing issue in, in the church at large here in the West, um, especially in America. But yeah, when I think about seeker friendly mega churches, I, I see them often prioritizing experiences over true worship, worshiping in the spirit that isn't spoken about so much as a worship experience is literally, I've seen that advertised like, okay, you know, come out out and come out and be a part of our worship experience, quote unquote. Um, They're often soft on, on tough biblical doctrine, or they won't even mention it at all. So like, you know, the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of hell, that won't even be covered half the time. Uh, and sometimes they even downright reject scripture. And, you know, we see that with uh, female pastors. Uh, yeah. And there's lots of other examples, obviously. Sometimes their messages are very much me focused instead of Jesus focused. So um, a lot of the times you'll see like a really short 30 minute sort of sermon where the majority of the sermon is about um, the pastor's sort of personal life experiences and with like with, with a couple of verses thrown in there to support the broader point. So maybe that's like, joy, the fruits of the spirit, peace, forgiveness, whatever. Um, these are sort of topical sermons, right. Rather than, um, expository, uh, sermons. They also often prioritize growth rather than the gospel. So, you know, Hillsong was kind of famous for this, like, (laughs) Oh, we've got, we've made 400 new congregants, or we have 400 new people coming this week, or we have 400 new converts. Right. And, that is sort of the focus on growing the business of this church, right. Rather than actually preaching the gospel and saving how many, however many people God wants to be saved. Um, And finally, they, these churches, they often only provide milk rather than meat. So that what that means is they'll, they'll feed new believers um, meaning they'll preach, they'll preach the gospel and it, it will be a simple gospel. And a lot of people end up getting saved at these secret friendly churches and that's not a problem by any means, but 
um, because they don't go any deeper with their faith. You could say that they're lukewarm um, churches in a lot of ways. Uh, the believers that have been there for longer um, than a couple months, even like they start to starve out and a lot of them will leave and they'll go look for churches elsewhere. And we actually um, kind of have this saying at our churches, we have a large number of people that came from um, many of these sort of mega churches in the area, but you know, they'll say, well, you can start out there, but you can't actually grow there. There's no, <laughs> um, there's nothing deeper than just sort of a surface level overview of the gospel. But yeah, that, those are just my um, initial sort of thoughts about mega churches and um, the problems that I see within them. A lot of the times, it's not to say that every mega church has these problems and, you know, John MacArthur and Grace Community Church, Hey, like keep up the good work, solid churches over there. But yeah. Um, and that's just kind of an overview of what I think about when I think of mega churches. But yeah, again, I just want to say this isn't to like pick on people. This is like, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about the state of people's souls. <laughs> um, yeah. I have two things real fast that I want to add before we move on and hear about your experience as well, Priscilla. Um, you mentioned Hillsong, which we mentioned earlier, but it reminded me, I actually did attend Hillsong OC consistently for a while, a few years ago. And I also attended Hillsong Oxford for a while when I lived there. So I do have some like personal background with that. So throwing that in there. Um, and then second of all, we will be doing a debate on women in the church later on. So be looking out for that episode, <laughs> all the controversy and juice. I already know my opinion. secrets out i guess but that's okay (laughs) it's a little teaser of the spice to come we love it (laughs) priscilla what's your experience oh yeah um yeah so i i think the first thing that i thought of was i also went to a hillsong church in london i think when i was traveling and studying abroad And I actually brought like my non-Christian friend with me um, who has only been to like probably one church at that point, which is like the other church in Scotland that I was attending. And it was interesting, like what she had to say about Hillsong, because I remember we walked out and she was like, oh, like that was like, what was a cool, like motivational speech. It was like, and and then she said, it felt more like a concert than the other church that we went to. (laughs) And I was like, yeah like she's kind of right and and like it's interesting because that is kind of the controversy in itself too but I wasn't really aware of that at that time Um, but I guess about the greater question of like controversies within churches in general um, at least within Hillsong and Mars Hill it was mostly like based on um, I guess the pastor Um, where people are focusing more on the pastor and going to church for the pastor rather than um, for anything else. And I think that's probably very dangerous. And I just want to say that this is not a megachurch thing. It's definitely a thing in small churches too, where there are leaders who definitely abuse their power and, um, hurt the church because of their position and unwillingness to repent or unwillingness to um, fix things. So 
yeah, I guess that is my experience. Um, do we briefly want to talk about the controversies, like what exactly happened with Hillsong and Mars Hill? Because I'm thinking that maybe some listeners might not know what actually happened to these churches, or if there's like another church in mind that you want to talk about too. Does anyone have, um, I guess, any research that they did or did they watch or listen to the podcast or documentary? What are your thoughts? I'm a Mars Hill podcast addict. So um, that's been in on, that's been in the background for me whenever I do my editing work constantly. I'm just like listening to that. So yeah, basically with Mars Hill, um, Driscoll, Mark Driscoll. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm bad with names. Cool. Mark Driscoll. Um, was the pastor of that, which I remember hearing about him here and there when I was a kid, even and stuff like he was a pretty big name in evangelical Christian culture in the early 2000s. Um, basically, over time, he was um, an abusive leader in terms of using his anger as a force to change the church for his into who he thought the church should be versus grounding himself in the gospel. Um, he became incredibly misogynistic as well throughout it and um, manipulative and verbally abusive towards women, basically verbal abuse of his power. That's the main thing from Mars Hill is it was a lot of verbal abuse is what I got from it. There are a lot of people who are suffering from it. So um, lots of people who just experienced a lot of trauma from him, which is so sad. That is never how a church should be, how a church leader should be, how a pastor who's supposed to represent Christ to the church is supposed to be. Um, And I think personally that like, which we'll talk about later, but I think that points to structures in the church. Like we've made it so much like an American business with a CEO versus a church. So we'll get into that later, but that's my overview of Mars Hill. Um, I read a little bit about Hillsong early on and have kept up with it throughout the years. Um, I'm just very curious about that church overall. Um, But Rachel, I feel like you might actually be able to talk more directly about the Hillsong one. (laughs) Like a teacher calling on you like, Rachel, your turn. (laughs) Okay, full disclosure. I haven't seen the documentary. I haven't either. Has anyone seen the documentary? I've seen the first episode. I can talk about that later. You're more qualified to talk about that. I've only read articles on it and like (laughs) read about Justin Bieber's pastor. I've read a lot about Justin Bieber's pastor and a little bit of the background of the overall controversy. Mm -hmm. People. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can go first, Rachel. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So. I also, full disclosure, I haven't heard the Mars Hill podcast either. I have a long list of podcasts that I'm getting to, just like I have a long list of documentaries that I'm getting to. Yes. Um, Also, the Hillsong one costs money. Like you have to have a subscription to free trial. Free trial. Oh, okay. Yeah, free trial. So we need to watch that. Um, But then the Mars Hill thing is just a free podcast. So Mm -hmm. I don't have an excuse there. I'm just lazy. Um, Yes, the Hillsong controversy. Okay, all I really know is that there are a bunch of allegations being made right now against the head pastor whose name is escaping me, but this is like an Australian. Brian Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's an Australian phenomenon, but Hillsong has has far 
um, or wide reaching, you know, there's churches everywhere. And um, the controversy is that he uh, basically was, I think he was cheating with multiple, these are just allegations at this point. So I don't even know, I'm not saying what's true and what's not true, but there were allegations of, uh, you know, sexual abuse, obviously these things that are very, um, unfortunately, like common in churches like this. Uh, I think there are even like uh, child abuse uh, allegations. So, um, and again, Hillsong is a very like typical, well, I don't say Hillsong is, is typical because I think Hillsong is very unique, (laughs) especially in how, how, how their music has become so mainstream in modern, um, you know, Christian culture here in America. Um, but they are a mega church. They do all of the things that I spoke about earlier. They prioritize experience. They're very hip. They're very cool. Um, they're celebrity focused. Like you said, I think this just Justin Bieber went to a Hillsong church and, uh, yeah, basically the head pastor fell from grace, um, shall we say. And, all of that is coming out in this documentary, which as far as I know, is not a Christian documentary. It's actually like a secular documentary, but <clears throat> um, it just sort of details the abuses um, that have gone on in this church. And um, yeah, so I can't, <laughs> I can't say whether or not, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't say whether or not I would recommend watching this documentary, but um, I would say that all of this has been known already. I mean, I would say, w- yeah with the pastor, with Ben being the one exception about his specific sort of, um, scandals, everyone has known that Hillsong has sort of stood on shaky ground for a while now. And specifically Hillsong is, uh, very much, uh, within the sort of word of faith, prosperity gospel movement, right. Which is like, and with, with sort of a, a charismatic bent, right. With gifts and healings and speaking in tongues and all of that. Um, but they're still very, very um money oriented results oriented like you said Kaylin they're a business and they're seeking to make millions and potentially billions I have no idea how much money they make um but this is this is a church with a capital C corporation C (laughs) um and yeah there's a lot that can be I think there's a lot that can be said about Hillsong music. And I think we're going to eventually talk about like whether or not we should be listening to Hillsong music in our own churches, or we should be playing um, those songs because um, a lot of their worship music has come under fire for just being sort of doctrinally um, soft or shaky, you know, Uh, they, I remember reading or watching one documentary that was talking about it being, like they, they pass the doctrinal smell test, but just barely they're sort of, <laughs> you know, uh, they're sort of just soft worship songs that, that, that are meant to invoke, um, a lot of emotions and feelings. And it, again, it's an experience. There's like lights and fog machines and it's a concert, um, sort of atmosphere that they want people to get worked up about. Um, but at the same time, it's, let's just say they, they'll, they'll say certain things, <laughs> uh, even like, okay, for example, there's one, there's one song. It's I, I surrender. You guys know the song? That's a whole song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I surrender, which is a really, really great song. And I have it on my, um, playlist, but, 
I always watch this, the live video, like it's one of my favorite videos to watch, but once you start playing it, the worship leader, he says something in the beginning, which is like, worship is for everyone. And we just want you to like experience this song to the fullness of your experience, whatever. He says something like that. And that always stuck out to me because he says, worship is for everyone, which immediately is wrong, right? Worship is not for everyone. Worship is for true worshipers, people who worship in spirit and in truth, true Christians, um, only true Christians can worship God. Only true Christians can praise God, give honor, give glory to God. Um, so yeah, right away, even just in listening to their music on YouTube, it's like you, you can hear, um, the sort of, uh, the, the false doctrine sort of playing out, right. Even in the background of these YouTube videos, but, um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. I wish I had, I wish I knew more, but, um, yeah, hopefully that brings some context. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like more specifics about the scandals that Hillsong is facing is um, so the there's like the founder Brian Houston. I think his dad is the one that is has like child yeah. sexual abuse allegations against him, mm-hmm. and Brian Houston knew about it but covered it up. Wow. I think that's what he's being accused of and then the I think the Hillsong Church in New York is no is like the more celebrity church with Justin Bieber and Mm -hmm. a lot of celebrities and that pastor Carl Lentz he's the one that got into a scandal where he cheated on his wife and a bunch of other like I feel like in the broader Hillsong Church too there's been a lot of like um leadership abuse and they're just covering these things up and it's never really brought to light. Um, And so that's pretty much what the documentary is about. It also touches on like, Oh, this is, it's more like a business. Um, And they, they do mention like the worship songs are meant to evoke emotion. Um, They specifically curate it to that. And I feel like the documentary though, like because it's done maybe from like a more like oh this is this is a scandal and like we want to expose like mm. like more for the the hype of mm. everything and um i feel like it actually i didn't watch the whole thing so i can't really say much about it but it seemed like they were going for um i don't know people's interest more than we want to like talk about um what this church did wrong and like how we can talk about it it was more like oh this is like this is the scandalous thing that you see a story that you guys have to hear um but they they did make some pretty good points and i think i think that if a secular like channel brought this to light there's something wrong with that <laughs> too mm. where it's like i feel like the mars hill one i I listened to like I think I'm halfway there with that podcast but that one it's it's done in a more like I don't know in a different lens because it's done by like Christianity Today and Mm. um and it's more like familiar in that way but then it's it's different when you see it in a lens of like um I don't know entertainment or whatnot yeah but yeah I remember there was for the documentary, there's this guy from P- 
creatures and sneakers or like I forgot what the Instagram <laughs> yeah was. oh my gosh I forgot about know? that account yeah <laughs> yeah like the Instagram handle where he ex- like shows pastors wearing like two thousand dollar brand name mm-hmm. sneakers or like clothes I think there definitely is something wrong with that if we want to talk about it later like it's more like it feels more like a prosperity gospel vibe in a way yeah totally and to add on to what you said I do agree that Mars the podcast Mars Hill is more about like I would highly recommend it it's more about how can we heal through sharing people's stories Mm -hmm. and how can we heal as a church and grow from this point versus like entertainment and it's funny because I feel like from what you're saying Priscilla at least the show that's talking about like doing it more for like the spice and entertainment purposes versus um, how to heal. That's actually low key. One of our issues with mega churches is that it's doing it more for the entertainment purposes and less for like preaching the gospel and getting to truth and seeing what truth is in circumstances. So yeah. And stuff. Anyways. For the Mars Hill one, I remember I was listening to it this past week too. There were a couple like really weird things too about that church that literally, yeah. Where the pastor, he, um, there, I remember there was like a staff member who was sharing her testimony, like how she worked with like under him and she tried to bring up something or she didn't really, she like kind of just talked about it. Like, oh, like, I feel like he needs more people to be accountable. And then she got fired for saying yeah. that because he was Probably. like, you're like committing treason or something, something <laughs> like that. And like, it was so, yeah. that's a really big red flag. Oh. Elders were getting fired too, if they went against him which like literally defeats the purpose of an elder board at that point. So yeah. yeah. I now become your enemy by telling you the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that stood out from Mars Hill was the pastor talks about like gender roles in a very like kind of disgusting way, especially when he talks about women and um, like how they should please their husbands and like stuff like that. He's big on women not having jobs at all either, even if like the family needs it. There's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But those are the biggest things that stood out for me, at least in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really helpful because I feel bad trying to talk about Hillsong without having actually seen the the documentary or knowing like, because this Uh, is a new, it's a recent scandal. Like this was only a couple months ago. This. Yeah. I think. I heard about it in January. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay. I wanted to add um, before we talk about the song stuff, which I think is later in this Mm -hmm. podcast too. I'm not sure, but um, I remember this may have been a couple years ago now, but at least one of their worship pastors declared that he wasn't a Christian anymore and left the church and the faith completely. And there, I think so this is purely from an Instagram perspective and all of that, but I do think there are some solid worship leaders there who genuinely are rooted Christians and stuff who are seem like amazing people. So I don't want to diss them, but the fact that you are having lead worship leaders leave the church after like being such a big influence in the church and leaving the faith in general just says a lot about background stuff that may be going on there. So. Yeah, Marty Sampson. I just figured. Yeah, there I we go. I remember hearing about that. I do. Yeah. He literally said that he was genuinely losing his faith. Um, I don't know if he renounced it, but I 
think he did later on, but I may be thinking there was a controversy at like a church I went to a while ago too <laughs> that had like the same thing happen. So yeah. um, this says a lot about the health of this church. Like if your worship leader is saying, I don't know if I'm really a Christian. I, wow. I, honestly too, I think that goes into like this problem that this is, I think this has been really unique in the West too, which is there are so many people who think that they're Christians simply because they grew up in a Christian church mm-hmm. or a Christian home or a Christian school, but they actually, they don't know the first thing about being a Christian. They don't know what they, they yeah. if you ask them, what does it mean to be a believer? They'll be like, well, I love God. And I, I know him. And I guess I kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I try not to sin. I try to be a good person. It's almost like kind of Catholic, like, you know, I think I'm a good person kind of thing. They don't, they don't know the first thing about being a believer. And so when the world, uh, or when hardships come, right. And they actually have to step out into the world and maybe what's so sad about people like this is worship pastor. It was probably, you know, uh, he probably was one of those church kids that just was never actually, converted to begin with, or maybe he was and fell away. Who knows? But like, um, what's so sad is that there's, there are so many people like that and they, they couldn't tell you the first thing about Christianity. They don't know. Um, maybe they don't even believe Jesus, Jesus was who he says he was, you know, if he's, I mean, I've met people who would call themselves Christians who still think Jesus is just a good teacher. They don't believe he's actually God. Um, but so this is a huge problem that especially we have, like we see with kids going off to college, right. They grew up in a Christian home, um, maybe they did Awana growing up or vacation Bible school or whatever. And they, for they're good kids, right. As far as anyone can tell, they go to college, they get some crazy atheist professor that is like, God is dead. And, um, you know, an actual unbeliever comes up to them and challenges their faith. And they find out that they actually never built their faith on anything. They don't have crisis, their firm foundation. Um, and so, Maybe this is just the result, like the result of all of that, the, the decline of Christianity in America, that it was inevitable. Yeah. It's interesting because as you were saying that, that was kind of my thought. Like, I wonder if that is because a lot of that is happening right now specifically, like, and that goes into the deconstructionism movement and a lot of other stuff, but a lot of that is coming from churches who weren't actually focusing on Jesus or helping people develop an intimate faith with God, a relationship with God on the daily basis, not Mm -hmm. in church time, um, and was more focused on show. So if we're associating it with show and people lying and stuff and weird things happening and just negative people in the church, then that doesn't sound very appealing. But if we are coming from churches that are truly... I just wonder if things would change if churches would be more real about how flawed leaders are mm-hmm. um, and forming vulnerability from their vulnerability within the church, vulnerability with each other and modeling how to have a very personal day-to-day relationship with the Lord versus a weird CEO relationship with the pastor who mm-hmm. then speaks yeah. about God. Yeah. And this is spiritual formation, right? Like, yeah. Do you guys remember when we first started at Talbot? Like, one of the first things they'd said to us was, okay, you guys are going to go through, you're going to have this cohort experience, you're going to go through all of these spiritual formation classes. Why? Because we don't want you coming out of here with just head knowledge. Because that's not the purpose of the faith at all. Yeah. And he goes, if we do that, and many, many, many seminaries do, but if we do that, we are sending you out as 
basically weapons to be used by the devil, right? Because, <laughs> you know, we're going to give you all this head knowledge of scripture and then the devil is going to come in and just use it, use it and twist it. And, and you're going to be used as a knife to stab other people, right? Like, it's just, um, it, your personal relationship with God matters. <laughs> yeah. And that is the yeah. point of Christianity is abiding yeah. in Christ, Christ abiding in you. If you are not talking about that in church or basing your church on that, that's missing the purpose completely. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, I hope what we say maybe resonates with what you've been thinking about and if you have more thoughts yeah please feel free to reach out um but yeah thank you yay bye thank you for listening so much for listening